FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 330 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. <laughs> I am your host, Jason. This podcast will give you rabies, Venable. And I'm joined by a returning co-host. It's been a little while, but welcome to the forum, Andrew Lips Venable, or Autry. Trying to make you a venable. <laughs> Man, that's that's high praise. Right? <laughs> How's it going? It's going great, man. I got lips and to be part of the venable clan. <laughs> right? <laughs> already my best podcast appearance yet. <laughs> awesome. Well, it is a flashback episode, and we're going to talk about the first time that Wolverine meets Cable. So you know it's the 90s. Uh, We're going to cover New Mutants 93 and 94, which is, um, I guess, the the wind down of the New Mutants series um, as Liefeld is beginning to transition into X-Force. So, Andrew, what's kind of your history with this this segment of New Mutants? So, I got into some of this at the time it was coming out. This was a... Right around the time I was still getting my comics from the Brookshire's grocery store. So it was hit or miss. Um, fortunately, I did hit some of the ones that are a little harder to get now, like the, the 98 with Deadpool and the, the 87 first cable just happened to be ones I picked up at Brookshire's. And then nice. later on, I I, uh, I got really interested in the new mutants and started filling in. And now I've got all. I've got all 100 of them, and it's a, it's a really, uh, it's got some ups and downs, but overall, it's a, it's a really great run. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, something I didn't read growing up, I didn't really know much about the characters until X-Force came out. Obviously, I got, I got swept up in the X-Force hype, but, um, you know, going back as I started this podcast and kind of doing some read-alongs, and reading the, this volume of New Mutants is definitely one that I should have read <laughs> growing. I really enjoyed it. There's a little stretch, um, I guess probably before we make the switch to Liefeld, where I, I get a little bit out of it. But for the most part, the first several years are just really, really good. Yeah, it's almost those first, I don't know. 30, 40 issues, it's almost like what you wish early X-Men had been, but it kind of only hinted at <laughs> Right. <laughs> the, the concept of the school, all of that stuff, but the teenagers actually read like teenagers, and it's a really eclectic cast. Uh, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, it helps with, uh, you know, Claremont had, having kicked off the book on the synergy with the other X books, it kind of felt like it was in place. Um, but even the the Simonson run is also pretty good uh, for the most part. If you if you discount, uh, didn't she did she do the Bird Boy part or was that somebody else? Uh, 
I believe she was writing by then. I'm not a hundred yeah. sure. I believe she was, and I think that's when it might have been when Bogdanov was doing the art, or is it Brett Blevins? I think Blevins did think the Blevins first part of it. it. Yeah, uh, time period. Yeah, you know, it's uh, that's maybe not the best of the new mutants. <laughs> it's not all bad in that era, but it's uh, it's not the best. Right. It definitely takes a hard turn in the 80s, uh, the issues of the 80s, not the 1980s. Right. Up to like what we're reading here is really not very reminiscent of early New Mutants, but it's uh, it's got its own charm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's got to keep up with the 90s. Um, Liefeld comes in and kind of explodes onto the scene. <laughs> and, and it only makes sense, right? I mean, we we have this new book, this hot new artist, the change in direction for the 90s. I mean, it's kind of inevitable that Wolverine's going to pop his claws and pop in. Um, So so here we are. Um, So what we've had leading up to this cable for a few issues, what are your thoughts overall on on cable? So at this point, because I'll go ahead and be honest – I could not care at all about cable now. Like, <laughs> I could try, but I, I wouldn't be able to. Right. But at this point, you know, reading it in the continuity of the time, he was still super interesting and mysterious. And for a lot of the same reasons Wolverine had been like, he's got this mysterious backstory where you realize he's had interactions with different characters and he's playing this mental role, but why, and who's this strife and you get, there's a lot of stuff going on that makes him really interesting at this point. You know, then it's, it's kind of all screwed up and he's not really, does it, it doesn't pay off as, as well as it seems like it's going to here. But at least <laughs> during this, this moment and during the early part of X-Force, uh, he's pretty interesting. And he is as 90s as it gets from, from spiked armband to pouches <laughs> and bullets and glowing eye. He is a super roided up. I mean, he is as 90s as any, what would I have been at this point? I'd have been like 12, as any 12, 13 year old boy could ever, ever hope to read about. Yeah, yeah. Big, big guns, the Terminator arm. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, the hard as nails attitude. You know, what I don't remember that's been kind of interesting, because I think, you know, when you paint with the broad brush, it's easy to remember that that he was kind of a, you know, a hard, edgy, you know, almost that kind of Bruce Willis diehard mentality. What I had forgotten about and find, found kind of refreshing was the idea, though, of how much he listened to and respected the students. Like, like he's actually, I mean, yeah, he's tough, but he's actually a pretty good team leader for the team. I mean, he really like is concerned about their well-being, and you know, maybe he's a little, little violent, but he's not violent towards them. I mean, I don't know, it, it's just an interesting kind of mix that he's a little more nuanced than. I mean, he, don't get me wrong, he's got one-liners. Out, out the Yahoo, but he's a little more nuanced than I would have guessed from when I re- remember reading an X Force. Yeah, they keep 
they keep that piece of New Mutants consistent all the way through the end. The whole concept of them having a teacher, whether it was right. Xavier or Magneto or Cable, the fact that they were students and had a teacher stays a consistent theme all the way through the 100 issues. And it really changes with X-Force because then they're really a different kind of team where right. he's more the team leader than he is the mentor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, you know, the cover tells us uh, New Mutants 93 says you knew it had to happen. Cable versus Wolverine. All this and Sunfire, too. So uh, we're going to we're going to jump into New Mutants 93. Did Did you pick up one other interesting thing on that cover? What's that? If you look at the uh, the 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 signature, what do you? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, McFarlane is inking life out here, which he did a lot in the late '80s and early '90s, especially on covers. They did a bunch of covers together. Um, in fact, there's one. I don't remember what number it is. I, and if I would have thought about it, I would have looked it up. But um, it's one of the X Factor covers during the. Um, Oh, that story where X Factor goes like into space. Not not the Infinity the Judgment Wars. And there's one where Liefeld and McFarlane do it together. And when McFarlane was inking him so heavily that it's it's kinda hard to tell at all to, like who did what. <laughs> like, yeah. like which which parts Liefeld and which parts McFarlane. Um at this point this is definitely pretty Liefeldian. Um it is, uh, but like when you look at like the the shape of the mouths, the shape of the feet and hands, right? <laughs> you can definitely see that McFarland. The, the the Wolverine cowl is like really McFarland. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's really interesting. They it's a really it's really cool when you see the uh, the Liefeld energy, but then some of those McFarland uh, traits. It's a it's a really cool combination. Yeah, I, I like this cover quite a bit. Um, so basically what you have is this Wolverine and Cable kind of pouncing at each other. Uh, Cable has this giant battle knife out. Um, <laughs> and Wolverine's got his claws popped. He's kind of almost like reverse piggyback riding. Um, and they're, they're obviously screaming at each other. Um, I mean, it's 90s to the max. Um yeah, but th- uh, this chapter is Madripoor. It's going to be written by uh, Wheezy, Louise Simonson, penciled by Rob Liefeld, inked by Hilary Barda, lettered by Joe Rosen, and colors by Brad Brad Bancata. And then, like we said, that cover by Mc- Li- Liefeld and McFarlane. Um, it's just it's a cool image. Um, I forgot how much I kind of hate the H vest on cable, but um, but you know, but he makes up for it with the blank CDR belt buckle. So, <laughs> yeah, it's the vest is almost like you want to make a Marty McFly joke. About- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what the vest reminds me of, like his character name just start with an H. Like, it's almost, like, that symbolic that it needs to be, like, an allusion to his name. Like, 
Like, like the kind of vest like a 90s Hercules might wear. It's like, it's a battle vest, but it's also my initial. Right. <laughs> you know? well, the, the fact that it opens for his abs is like, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it makes no tactical or sense whatsoever. Yeah. It, it must have been designed by Antonio Banderas. <laughs> <laughs> it's too sexy. No, no. <laughs> At least we get Wolverine in his classic brown and tan that I, well, I guess maybe that's not his classic, his 90s brown and tan that I like a, a lot. Yeah, oh yeah, I love this costume. Um, and he's he's back in it nowadays. Um, for better or for worse. For better or for worse, yeah. You know what I just noticed about looking at this cover again? And one of his, uh, I'm not a, really, bandoliers. That's what the bullet thing's called, right? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, we were both really big gun guys. Um, so, one of his bandoliers seems to actually feed into the holster. Yeah, I think it's just like a, dang it, I don't know where to make it go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's a tactical thing there. I think it just, you know. All right. They, uh. They realized they ran out of spot and had to go somewhere. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well. I think McFarlane Lincoln it was like, dang it, Rob. <laughs> Probably so. Bad enough I got to draw hairy, hairy abs on cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it is the 90s with male... Male masculine body here was chic, but uh, Cable's kind of giving Wolverine a run for his money. What's funny is I got these out to read them, and Aiden saw the cover, and he he saw the cover to '94, and he's like, "I don't know which one's hairier." <laughs> <laughs> like he was legitimately like confused. Like there's so much because you know he's he sees comic books now, and they're they don't tend to. Accept the body hair quite like these covers. No, no, no. A different, a different uh, sensibility for sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, here we go in issue ninety-three. Um. So going to meet a representative from the Japanese government, Cable and the New Mutants are ambushed in Madripoor. Sunfire comes to help, scattering the bad guys. General Coy, who we know from our Wolverine solo series, reports back to Strife, who was sending his own mutants to deal with Cable and company. Sunfire offers condolences to Cable for his son, which shocks the new mutants because they didn't even know he had a son. And to which Cable also responds, it's fine, I'll kill his killer. <laughs> um, Sunfire wants help with Sleet a new designer drug which is also being used to poison villages with its murderous, rageaholic side effects. So, the new mutants and Sunfire agree to a team-up. Cable uses many Cerebros to track the MLF to the docks, which is usually the Mutant Liberation Front, but in this issue, they're the Mutual Liberation Front. Um, then Sunspot warns about or no, he worries. Sorry, I can't read my own notes. Sunspot worries about Ron dating. I'm sorry about Rain 
Dating Rick. And then the air team of Sunfire, Cannonball, Warlock, and Boom Boom are attacked by Kamikaze, Sumo, and Dragonus. And just as the New Mutants get the upper hand, Strife teleports in and paralyzes them. Strife confirms he has a suite, and after testing it on small villages, is ready to unleash it into the water supplies of the world's largest cities. Dun-dun-dun! Then the ground team of Cable, Sunspot, Wolfsbane, and Richter spot a lone figure sneaking around. Cable gets a drop on him, but it's Wolverine, and they know each other, and they don't like each other. To be continued. (laughs) (laughs) So, I found this pretty interesting because... We're right at the time where Hama, Larry Hama has kicked off his Wolverine run. And he's about to start going down the rabbit hole of Wolverine's mysteri- like just uber-mysterious past. And Cable has already had that. And so to find out that they like know each other I thought was really interesting. Intriguing. Course, yeah. yeah. And of course Cable has not yet been revealed to... I mean... As of right now, there's no time travel shenanigans attached to Cable. All we know is that he's a grizzled, you know, combat veteran. Um, And, of course, Wolverine has lots of paramilitary in his past. So, for all we know, they used to, like, run missions together or run missions against each other. And there's that whole, like, oh, who knows? I'm really looking forward to figuring out what their connected past is, which I don't know if we're really necessarily get that but it's a really nice setup between Uh two pretty you know immensely popular characters yeah they they built that really well in terms of what i talked about cable still being this super mysterious backstory you get the you get that dropped about like wait what's this about his son and why does sunfire know about that what's his background with sunfire's father and wait he's got a background with wolverine too (laughs) All this stuff for a character who'd only been around for, like, at this point, six issues. So they really entrenched him quickly. And then, you know, obviously it's a a while before any of this pays off to figure out who he was the whole time. Right. Yeah, and I'll be really curious to see. um, I mean, obviously you you can always say... You know, knowing what we know about Cable now, that he could have jumped back to different times or whatever. But I'm really curious to see if this connection really even makes sense once everything is truly revealed. Um, but I'm going to tell you my my gut. It'll be interesting to because you're since you're actually going chronological, you'll you'll get to see. But my gut is they don't tie it all together. Right, uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's gonna it's gonna fall apart the, whatever plans are in place here change creative teams too many times get into 90s nonsense and editors-in-chief changes and i think i bet they just lose the thread yeah probably so probably so but um speaking of big guns uh what what about that gun on that first page that is almost like a bazooka I mean, he's holding it somehow, but I don't know. I gotta tell you, I the, 
you can you can say what you want. I I just remember how much I loved those giant guns, <laughs> and I don't care that they're not practical at all. To me, to me, that's a tip of the cap going all the way back to Kirby, right? Where it's right is this doesn't have to practically actually work. It just has to look flipping awesome and giant. These giant, giant guns with cables so appealed again to to early adolescent me that right. I, I loved it. Now, does missing you know, a finger also appeal to you? Yeah, you know, he's yeah, he, he's <laughs> there. Are you ready to talk art? Because I got so much about this issue. Yeah, go for it. Go for it, man. So. So here's the thing about Liefeld. I remember how much I loved this stuff when when I was younger. And some of it I still do. The, the thing I've come to understand now is that there is great Liefeld and there is really not great Liefeld. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, and and often in the same issue. Yeah. And to some extent, that's true for any artist, right? Because this is a medium where they're fighting deadlines. They've got time crunches, what, whatever, right? There's, there's reasons. Right. He's one that swings really far. So like, you know, some of the artists I really love, like Sal Buscema, it's always consistent, right? It's consistently good all the time. The, the Liefeld goes beyond consistently good sometimes into amazing and then yeah. sometimes it goes really far the other way and the two issues we are going to talk about are maybe one of the greatest examples of that because <laughs> the art juxtaposes so significantly from 93 to 94 where to the point where if there weren't some of the same idiosyncrasies you would think it's different artists or that it's different inkers that brought out you know, extremely different things. This art in 93, it's, it's not just inconsistent, it's bad. It's, at at points, it's horrendously bad. (laughs) And it's got a few, to to your point, it's got a few good panels or great, even great panels. Yeah. I don't know that there's any great pages, but the, the issues in this issue yeah, because uh, you you hear the knock about like Liefeld feet or his hands or things like that. This issue is a problem with Liefeld torso. Oh man, yeah, uh, that double page spread on the title page, Richter. <laughs> what what in the world is going on with that poor guy's body? It's like he has pecs and then he has another bigger set of pecs below. That are maybe his rib cage and then uh, a bending stomach. <laughs> it's, Richter, it's painful. In this picture, Richter is nine feet tall and eight feet of it is above the waist. Yeah. <laughs> what is funny is Liefeld is usually short, squatty upper body, really long legs. Um, and so it's interesting that this is like the opposite. Um, in fact, we'll see that on page, I don't know if you have page numbers, but on page eight, boom, boom, her oh, yeah. legs there. Talking about giraffe boom, boom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, yeah. But, then I, but I think for most of this issue, though, Sunfire looks pretty great. 
it's almost like if it was really interesting or exciting, he spent time on it. And because <laughs> you know who you know who consistently looks phenomenal almost every time you see him is Sunspot. Yeah, he draws he draws Sunspot so good. Maybe he liked the fact they could just draw the black silhouette. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, but he he looks great. But yeah, that that double page spread Richter is it's it's insane. His ribs are longer than like <laughs> his entire everything above the ribs, and that is right. Just, it's weird. It is weird. And it's weird in a way that like when the inker's inking it, he's got to look at it and go, "The I got to fix this right." I and Hillary Bard is not a rookie. It's not like this is the the first go round. I don't know if there was kind of a directive that just you know you ink what's on the page, but uh, uh, that's one where some inkers would have fixed that. They would they would have just been like, man, I don't care what he drew. I can't I can't put that on the page. Uh, what do you think of Cable, uh, Cable's hover bike? And why is he riding around on a why everybody else is walking? Like, what's his deal? <laughs> you don't have to draw the feet if he's on the hover bike. True. True. I don't, I don't know. It's. I mean, it's cool. A hover bike. <laughs> I would have wanted a hover bike. Well, yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I don't know why he didn't just have Warlock be a hover bike. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. That that's really bad. The uh, the boom, like you talked about, the boom boom giraffe art. It's so weird. <laughs> um, My favorite is early Cable, whose whose shoulder pads make his shoulders six feet long. Yeah. So, so his arms have room to come out. I just I can't let go of that boom boom one for a second. Her neck is <laughs> foot long. Yeah. 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 No, she is nine feet tall, at least. Um, it's just bizarre. And kind of the opposite of that Richter one, like seven foot of this is, is legs. Yeah. And a good foot of it is calf. <laughs> that's that's some weird stuff. And then I'll have moments where it's pretty good. But see, his Dragoness design isn't bad. In fact, his Kamikaze design is not that bad either. Uh, I would say designs i think are consistently pretty good they're, or yeah. they're interesting or they're good for the time you know they right they scream 90s but this this was 1990 so that's yeah cool. um his designs are almost always really good i mean that's why so many of them have, have stuck around for so long true 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 it, um, one of his better panels is the one where Boom Boom's doing the Home Alone face. I was just about to comment on that because you know what my favorite part about that page is. So what? So what are you talking about? We have a panel where where Boom Boom is is uh, doing the Home Alone ah, and Wolf's Bane and Cannonball are doing it without the hands. Mm-hmm. But it's funny is because they get shocked on their face before they hear the shocking detail. <laughs> Which they hear the next panel. <laughs> What's also weird is it's drawn for Sam to be way in front of the other two. But he's behind. I just now noticed that his but shoulder is behind Wolfsbane's. Yes. But he's definitely in a visual line in front of her. So he is simultaneously in front of and behind Wolfsbane. Yeah. 
That's strange. Okay. It's some of those kind of things that I think are why you get some of that weird Liefeld reputation for for some of this stuff is even when it's a good panel, it's like he didn't seem to care as much about getting that stuff right. He liked drawing right. the energy and the stuff. But yeah, yeah. Or like when you turn the page and Cable is two sunspots tall. He's... <laughs> wow! <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that one. That spot literally comes up to his hip. Yeah, and it's not... And if he's further back, he should be smaller. But even then, they look like they're standing next to each other. Right, Sunspot looks like he's six years old. Wow. Or Cable's a giant. But I will say, it, as small and kind of undetailed as it is, I love how excited Boom Boom is to be riding a warlock. <laughs> like, yeah. She is having the time of her life. It's awesome. Yeah, Sam's basically like, yeah, he put you up here so you won't be loud down there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then um, gets, I, I had a question for you. Okay. And it's on one of the better pages, like page uh, page 15, where the Sunspot, or sorry, uh, Sam, Boom Boom, Warlock, and Sunfire encounter the three goons from the from the MLF. Yeah. Why why does this character sumo exist? Well, I don't know, and I hate to to rag on the foot thing when his feet are backwards. Oh, they actually are, aren't they? Yeah. His left foot is on his right leg and his right leg <laughs> his right foot is on his left leg. <laughs> and I just said this this is this is one of the better life-filled pages here in total. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like Dragoness. Looks great. I think. And I like the shadow on her face. Yeah. Um, I like the top panel with the three of them flying with the blur lines in the background. Yes, Liefeld does action lines really good, and and him drawing Sunfire and Cannonball kind of symmetrical, like with similar visual look, is pretty cool. It is. I just. This sumo guy, I don't remember. I don't really remember him. I remember the blob being in the mutant liberation front. Um, I don't know if it's like, hey, this story's in Madripoor. We're gonna uh-huh. get, we're gonna go with um, Madripoor blob named Sumo, and he'll just wear a <laughs> diaper. And I just don't know why this guy exists. Why they don't I, blob if he was out of action at this point or right. what? No, I I think you nailed it because all three of these characters are Japanese, and so the Kamikaze Dragoness and Sumo are all all Japanese characters. So I think you nailed it. So I guess all right. So that brings up a good question because you know more about Strife than I do. Did he have like? international bases made up of like different nationalities is that like his his theme at this just... point strife was as i i think strife was as mysterious as cable was at this point okay all right I, i'm trying to remember my history i don't think at this point they've showed the strife face yet where you really no have. no they haven't Mm-mm. i think that's in x-force or maybe right. the very end of new mutants that they show that yeah so uh 
I, I don't know that they'd really decided who Strife was at this point, to tell you the truth, because right. the way he talks in, in these two issues and what his whole agenda seems to be, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just, I think the sumo guy is ridiculous. <laughs> well, look how tiny his head gets. His head shrinks. Yeah, well, so does Cable's throughout this. Oh, that's true, true. Cable has Mr. Fantastic head. Um, it basically, the, the one thing I, I will say that I like is uh, Liefeld's use of kind of almost anime-like comedy drawing with Sumo. I mean, yeah. Rather, they just went ahead and used Blob and just did the exact same story. Right. Because you really don't need more than one Blob in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> you, just, you just don't. Right. One is more than enough. But some of the stuff where, like, Boom Boom throws a bomb at him and he's kind of he reminds me of a uh, of King Hippo from the Mike Tyson's Punch Out game. Okay, if you if you if you remember Mike Tyson's Punch Out, I, I vaguely yeah, Hippo, where it's just kind of ridiculous. That's the one where when you punch him, his his shorts fall down. Oh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's one that's one nice piece of the art is that yeah, his little facial expression. Good, yeah. And you get on the bottom of page eighteen a splat when when blob la- or when sorry when sumo lands on somebody it makes a yeah. sound. He lands on warlock with a splat. If you, that's basically the snicked of of sumo. That's <laughs> what he's known for. Yes. So if I ever do a podcast about him, it'll be the podcast that goes splat. I bet you'll have a lot of listeners. Uh, I yeah. The, I think there's a market for that. I wonder if I, could, I wonder if I did that one, if I could get Liefeld to come on. <laughs> so tell us more about Sumo. Right. Motivation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, Strife shows up with his... So he... Strife, man. Strife has it all. He's got spikes, he's got razor blades, he's got extra metal nipples, he's got fins and capes and... In a mask with, like, layers of mask? Yeah, his mask have mask. Um, He's got that nice, like, metal loincloth thing he wears. Um, He's got metal boots inside of metal boots <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 strife let's face it strife looks awesome <laughs> it's pretty great it's pretty great i will say there's something about you know because what i feel is good at people yelling and there's something about strife yelling from under his mask when you just see his chin and teeth um, and then that kind of heavy metal mask, um, it's kind of cool. I agree. I agree. If we're, if we're going to give some credit, um, page, page 22, uh, I think it's right next to the panel or one of the panels you were talking about with Strife. Uh, 
I do like the way uh, Liefeld draws Sam. I do too. I, I do too. Like those goggles and kind of the the less defined eyes underneath the lenses and stuff. I think it looks fantastic. It does. I love design. Yeah, I like him a lot too. Um. Yeah. So then, um, we see Wolverine show up, and. You know, I kind of like this page where Rakeable pounces on Wolverine and in the bottom you have it like with no background and just kind of a pink fight. And of course we get a nice snicked. Um, uh, I, I do I do like the bottom half of that page. Man, that top half cable looks weird. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not sure where his legs are coming from. and Right. It's a weird pounce. It is. It is. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, Cable has a whacked, and then Wolverine has a snicked, um, kind of hot pink coloring. Um, I also like the way Wolverine's face, how the shadow on his cow bleeds down in the shadow on his face. It gives him a very kind of menacing, scary look. Um, it's pretty cool. It's, totally agree. And then, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think most of the time, Liefeld draws Wolverine pretty good. I think Wolverine fits his style pretty well. Um, you know, the gritted teeth, the, the cow is a very Liefeldian cow. We have this cool, this cool kind of double panel where they recognize each other with kind of almost not quite, it's like an off, it's a, off Kimbo split faced. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. And the uh, the sunspot on that page, I think, is the best art in the whole book. It's pretty great. It's really good. It's got action lines and Kirby crackle. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like one of the things I know you've talked about before. You like when Spider Man's eyes change shape for expression. Yeah. And, to get that here with Sunspot's mask, like his yeah. eyes are expressive through the mask, and uh, I think it looks great. It does. It's, that's just a great page overall, I think. And then I actually really enjoy. What do you think of the last double page splash? I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. You know uh, that that pouncing Wolverine physically makes a lot more sense than the pouncing cable you complained about a minute ago. Like, his legs are more attached to his body. (laughs) I wish from a design standpoint, Wolverine was about, you know, two inches to the right so you could get those claws. True. Into the shot. But I get that that's a little bit weird because then he'd be right on the crease of the two-page spread. So, right. You know, it is what it is. I, it's just I do think it's a shame that he's he's flying arms out to the side and you can't see any claw. Yeah, on either hand. Yeah, that's interesting. And then of course Cable's got the the glowing eye that I always in these early issues I always associate the glowing eye with like surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... So another another thought on this issue it goes to the writing. So this was towards the very end for Wheezy. Uh, I don't, you know, my understanding is her and her and Rob didn't really 
didn't really fit real well, like with with what she did, with how thick his plotting was in terms of uh, very different than the Marvel style, I think, that she'd been working with up to that point. Right. Uh, and he wanted, I, I think at this point, he was much closer to wanting to be the writer, but still needed kind of some some help from a seasoned writer. So this is kind of right before it shifts to Fabian and Icieza taking over the scripting where, where Rob is more credited for the plots and the art. And Fabian was just writing the words, basically the script to go right. with the life of plot. But with, with Wheezy's script in this, there's some, there's some up and there's some down. And it's funny because the thing I liked the least and the thing I liked the most were sort of the same thing. And it's how melodramatic some of the writing is. And like, so like on page 19, when, when Sunfire's fighting Dragoness, and he's like, never have I faced so powerful an opponent, nor one who serves a cause so evil. Her heart is black as night, and yet her brilliance dazzles me. It's so, like, she's laying it <laughs> off so thick, right? And you're kind of like, oh, wow, that's really melodramatic. But then yet, that last page is maybe more melodramatic but it hits the exact right note with the so in a back alley of this ramshackle port city of an insignificant island nation the battle of the century is joined as flesh and pound as flesh pounds flesh and steel clashes against steel from such an arena can either man emerge alive it's it's so like borderline stan lee melodrama right yeah but it, it just hits such the right note for me to conclude the issue and make you want to read the next one. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so uh, obviously we were a little um, not super nice to all the art, but I gotta say overall, I still enjoyed the energy of it for the most part. Um. I thought, you know, to the writing, the plot of, like, Strife trying to get a drug, like, in the water supply, like, I could care less about the plot. But I did think a lot of the character interaction was pretty fun. Um, you know, you have Richter trying to figure out, you know, because it wasn't a really big detail, so I don't think we, we talked about it, but there's a the whole idea of he remembers Cable from his childhood. Yeah. Um, the speed of the mysterious past, yeah. Right, right. And and so at first he really hated Cable because of this bad memory. But then I guess it was like it was either 91 or 92 where Cable really endears himself to Richter, which, which leaves Richter in this really big conflict of like, I really like Cable now, but I'm kind of scared of hating from my past. How do those two go together? And so... There's lots of kind of interesting interaction there. Um, I don't know. I just this new mutants team is is a good team. Um, I mean, you know, it's funny because if you would have asked me before I kind of redid this reading project, I always liked Cannonball. I didn't really have much opinion either way of Sunspot, but I love Sunspot and Cannonball, and I really like them together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they're great teammates and really interesting to 
to play off each other and Wolfsbane. Um, you know, she even was, even Boom Boom, who I don't person. love, is is still fun on this team. Yeah, there's um, you know how it is when you go on the whole ride with them from the beginning and you see their arc to get to where they are. They're really likable characters for them. Yeah. And I I don't know, I get kind of bitter at some of the stuff that was done later by later writers to some of these characters that I don't want to say ruined them, but took them in directions that don't seem to connect to the core of what made them interesting in the first place. Almost like they were plugged in to fill a plot device more than because it was the next arc of their character journey. Right. Um, I, I mean, Rain is such a throwaway character now, but for well, these hundred she, issues, she's and so she literally got thrown away like last week. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. I just I feel like these, this comic, this this entire hundred issue run, you really do care about these characters, and I agree. Sam and Sunspot together are such an it's so interesting because they're growing up together. Which is right. going to make happens in the next few issues. Pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, because... I don't know how far ahead you've read. I have not read ahead, but I, I know that... Um, was it 99 where the the homage of the... Co- I've seen the covers. There's that yeah. homage to the issue where Cyclops quit. Yeah, where Sunspot has the duffel bag, so I'm guessing some some stuff's gonna go down, and I I'm gonna guess there's some ideological differences that are gonna play into that, but I'll I'll wait and and read yeah. it for sure. Um, I won't spoil anything plot wise. I'll say creator wise, Liefeld knew what kind of team he wanted to launch X Force with, and you know. Here towards the end, his his he's on a path to kind of reinvent the team to what he wants it to be. Well, you know, I find that interesting though because so here here and you don't have to confirm or deny. I'm assuming the sunspot's going to leave because he ends up having a disagreement with Cable. But on page 24, he's really drinking the Cable Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. So I, I I find that I'm really interested to see how that pivots. Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you want to give X Force? Sorry, <laughs> New Mutants ninety three. Man, or, this... or X Force negative six. Yeah, <laughs> you want to call it that way. Yeah, it's interesting because I I do think this is one of Liefeld's worst art issues. I think the overarching plot. I agree with you. I think it's kind of terrible. The whole. MLF with the drug in the water and all of that stuff. Yeah, very James Bond. But the character development and the character arcs and interactions is about as good as it gets. Yeah. This stuff. So I'm torn between a three and a four. I I think I'm going to go three. Simply because I really do think if I look at Liefeld's entire New Mutants run, this is about as bad as the art ever gets. (laughs) Um... And again, I I actually love this Liefeld era. So, um, yeah, I I think between that and the fact that I really could care less about the actual plot, I'm I'm gonna go three. Okay, 
Um, I was right there with you, kind of balanced, uh, teeter-tottering between a three and a four. I guess just to be different, I'll go with four. Um, so four out of six claws, um, which takes us to 94. All right. Well, we're about to have a whole whole different experience here. Uh-oh. So, all right. New Mutants, 94. First of all, this cover is great. It, even with that weird gun, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's uh, man, I I I love almost everything about this cover. You get so what you get in a cool orange and yellowish type of smoke filled background. You get giant cable, but he doesn't have the shoulder pads of the H shirt. This is like a tank top oh, cable. Much better, much better design for cable. Yeah, he's got the giant. The giant bullet belt hanging over the shoulder with a super big, possibly not aligned perfectly, but giant blaster. (laughs) You get Wolverine in the foreground with kind of his classic squatting down, arms akimbo pose. Now, he he does have the the fat forearm problem that he sometimes gets. Yeah, but Lockfield's not the only person to to do that. No, that's a consistent 90s thing where his forearm is kind of like a butt. (laughs) Uh, And it's really short. So that that is what it is. I'm not going to gripe too much about that because I think his pose, his face is rad. Um, yeah, and his clothes are all ripped up because it's the 90s. Yeah, they had to be. It's in his contract. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Richter, Sunspot, Boom Boom, they're kind of in the background, but the best background one is in the corner box is Suns- is a cannonball flying kind of out of the corner box. Yeah, that's pretty great. His blast field looks rad. He's tiny. I think he's got a big grin on his face, but it's hard to tell for sure. It looks the, like it. It's either that or it's the classic teeth grimace, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I think this cover is really great. It's Yeah, it really bums me out that he doesn't go with this design for cable in the interior art. This this should be the cable design. It Those shoulder pads are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> kind of puts the 90s, but they're terrible. This is way better looking. Plus, you get the furry shoulder. There is a lot of fur between Cable and Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The hairs are there just so you can get more fur. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And your creative team for this one is the exact same as the last one. Yeah. Breezy, Liefeld, Barda, Rosen, and Venkata. And uh, all right, so we're going to open right up. Um, it's going to pick up the plot exactly where the last one left off. You've got the uh, the last one left off with Wolverine and Cable facing off, and it picks right back up with a great opening page of Wolverine flying down towards Cable. Uh, yep, yeah, and I forgive me. I'm gonna I'm gonna not do the entire plot summary i'm going to take it a little bit as we go but all right yeah go for it uh page one it's, it's a great opening page he, he falls a little bit into that age-old problem of wolverine's claws being about nine feet longer than they oh, they're not just yeah. they're not just long they are wide 
Yeah, those, they're big. Those, they're huge. It's like six katana blades. Um, it's a it's a problem, but I still like the energy of the page. Yeah. I actually think it looks kind of cool. It's not realistic, but it's, it's not bad looking. Yeah, and the other thing I'd say about this page through the next page, I think this is some of Wheezy's best writing. I love the way she describes Wolverine and the way she describes Cable over these first few pages. Yeah. It's, I think it's great. Because it, it's still in sort of that, that age of, hey, if this is your first comic, I need to tell you a little about, about who these two people are. Um, but uh, it's really well done. So then you're going to get into a lot of, a lot of this issue is their fight. You know, they're going back and forth. And as as much as I didn't like the art of 93, I love the art of most of 94. It goes from that opening page to a double page spread that's a, a vertical spread, the kind where you got to turn the turn the comic on its end. Yeah, 90s. And this that... is this is a poster right here, this Wolverine versus Cable. Again, claws are too long. It is what it is. But uh, I, I think this is this is the kind of stuff that made me love Liefeld as a teenager. This, <laughs> this page with Wolverine flying through the air, kind of half intertwined with Cable throwing a punch with his spiky armband. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just great. And again. <clears throat> This, this, these descriptions, you know, because you all usually you hear all about how Wolverine is the best there is at what he does. It's the whole thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I really play she, off it. Yeah, she plays off of that a little bit. Uh, she's describing Cable, and, you know, Cable's gifts are less specific, but no less impressive. His cunning and bravery are as prodigious as his speed, endurance, and strength. He's among the best at everything he does. And in his short time as leader of the New Mutants, he's convinced his charges that he does everything well. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really interesting kind of kind of play on it and say it's almost like uh, yeah, Wolverine's here, but don't forget this is our book, and right. Cable and Cable's the boss. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. So that battle's going to go on. You actually get a get a snacked. Yeah. On page four. Because um, Wolverine doesn't even need his claws. Yeah. He's like, all right. We're... I love that after he says it, it shows Cable's eyes, and he looks like, you kidding me? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, Wolverine decides to fight Cable, no claws, and gives him a whacked on the next page. Yeah, and my notes I wrote from snack to whacked. <laughs> <laughs> and then to wank because yeah. uh, it gives them a wank. Uh, it and this this actually kind of plays on the thing you liked of the pre pre previous issue, where at the bottom you get kind of the small and pink yeah. uh, versions of them. And these are just this is what Liefeld does best: these great action shots of snarling, you know, fists flying. Right. Uh, this battle is great looking. It's just great to look at. Oh. Yeah, the page six is an amazing page. I think so too. I think it, I think so too. From the panel design 
and it's again, it's one of those where Wheezy put not too many words in because you you don't need them. It's a uh, you just <laughs> you just want to see these guys punch the crud out of each other. So uh, then you get you're gonna the story's gonna pivot away from them. If you remember at the end of the last issue, four of the new mutants or three of the new mutants plus Sunfire got captured by the MLF. And uh, we're gonna get Sam has been learning from Cable how to how to not just be a country bumpkin, <laughs> and he uh, he gives the goo goo eyes to Dragon Nass, who then decides to go to Smooch Town with him. Yeah, and Boom Boom's like, "What are you doing?" She's a killer, and he's like, oh, "Yeah, killer with lips, a man could die for." <laughs> and, Boom, and Boom Boom's like. I got that. So she decides to take Sam to Smooch Town, and then Sam's like, "Well, I was really just messing with her so I could steal the key, and I didn't tell you because hey, we're going to Smooch Town." <laughs> <laughs> and we get there's a, there's a, a thought bubble I love here from Boom Boom when she realizes Sam just you know, you know, uh, <laughs> what just happened. And she's like, "The creep," and I took the bait. But I'm glad I did. I bet <laughs> Sam's glad too. I've never thought he could be so underhanded or so so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love uh, I love that. Um, I love Sam's face in that panel. You don't really get to see it. You only get like from eyebrow to top of his teeth, but it's just like a an embarrassed. Innocent. This is a great face. Well, I, I never would have thought I'd kiss two girls <laughs> all at once. Keepers. <laughs> <laughs> so great. And then it's going to pivot back to uh, the uh, the fight. And again, it's another great fight page. It is. Um, it's awesome. It's so good. Uh. Again, with sort of three different visual depictions. I love the panel design. I, I love everything about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just really, really good. Uh, then we're going to segue. Actually, we're going to get... At this point, the, some of the new mutants have been watching, and they're scared to death thinking Cable and Wolverine are about to kill each other, that one of them's got to die. And Richter's especially torn up about it or no uh sunspots especially torn up about it because these are like two of his heroes and he's sure one of them's going to kill the other and richter knows the only way to break this up is with a pun so he pulls <laughs> classic marvel puns where he uses his earthquake powers to tumble a water tower over to drench him and says i say we rain on their parade <laughs> <laughs> so he uh he drops the water tower with a rumble a shiract and a sploosh and breaks up the fight only to turn out that they weren't really trying to kill each other maybe that they do kind of hate each other but they were also just kind of testing each other to see where they're at you find out they've got some history they've been fighting off and on for years and he's mad that his cigar got drenched. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then we're going to pivot to the bad guys. It's been a little while since we've seen the bad guys. Uh, basically, it's it's kind of a, a, a... It's moving the plot along a little bit. Strife realizes the new, new mutants escaped because of Sam and his smooch powers. And basically, he's like, well, you other mutants are too important for what I need you to do next. You got to get the you got to distribute the poison, which is the plot part nobody cares about. All right. But we'll we'll throw some human goons to go track down the the escapees. Meanwhile, the escapees are are trying to get away, and uh, classic Sunfires, prideful and arrogant, and doesn't want to listen to anybody. And then. This is kind of weird. Boom Boom is the voice of reason who kind of talks him down. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a weird doesn't doesn't really fit the character, but cool. <laughs> so the goons show up. Uh they gotta gotta take out the goons. It's really boring. It's really not it's probably the least interesting part of it. And I think that actually kind of shows in the art too. I don't think Liefeld really cared about this part either. It kind of—I feel like the art takes a little bit of a step down. Uh, villain stuff, tough talk. Sunfire threatens the goons to get the information he wants. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Wolverine, Cable, and the other New Mutants have used the tracker, which suddenly works again, even though it <laughs> wasn't working. That was a plot point in the last issue. It now is working, and they crash through the ceiling, only to realize, oh, hey, we're we're actually all together again. We we ended up in the same spot. You guys now know where the drugs are. We know where each other is. Wolverine does not know how to get those claws back in because they've grown again. <laughs> uh, anyway, then you kind of yeah, I got <laughs> my notes said. Art has been getting worse, bad here, three-foot claws as they crash in. And then, you know, where this has all been heading, Strife and his uh, MLF show up to get rid of the poison. All of the new mutants and Wolverine and Sunfire are there. And you're expecting this to kind of go into, like, a big villain battle. And if this was a three-parter, that's kind of where it would have cliffhangered to go into the big villain battle in issue three. Instead, we kind of get the fast wrap up. We get uh, some fighty fight. We get a uh, uh, sumo blob shows up again. This is actually kind of funny. Um, Warlock turns himself into kind of a trampoline, makes a David and Goliath <laughs> reference, and as Sunspot use him as a sling to shoot <laughs> to shoot sumo out of the building. And yeah. Out of the comic. I, I actually love the art of sumo flying belly first through the air. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, I'm not sure how Wolverine clawing the empty crates here is destroying the drug, but that's how he destroys the drug is is by clawing it up. Oh, is he, is he just checking the content? Like, is he opening up to check the content? No, no, because on 27, Cable says, go ahead, Logan, destroy that garbage. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unless he's getting it out, and then they're going to destroy it. 
Right. Um, <laughs> then you get the fight everybody's been waiting for, Cable versus Strife. And here's where you kind of realize those great, great panels. There's kind of a theme here of top panel, the characters fly at each other, middle panel, one punches <laughs> the other, bottom panel is a small sort of silhouetted unit, unicolor. It's kind of the same sort of yeah we were raving about. And it's still great, but it's well, maybe getting a little repetitive when you see it the third time in the same issue. The same I, yeah, I love that Cable punches Strife's cape right off. <laughs> um, yeah, so they fight for a little bit. Yeah, because there is there's no, there is no cable. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I guess because if it was there, you wouldn't see Cable doing his punch. True. Yeah. His cramp punch. Um, this is where Richter kind of loses control of his powers again. Once again, gets overzealous, takes out Dragoness, starts a big fire. So instead of getting the confirmed strife kill, Sam has to fly in and save Cable and Wolverine before the warehouse explodes. And then the comic just kind of suddenly ends. Where is Strife dead? I don't know. That seemed too easy. Hey, by the way, what about Rusty and Skids? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I don't really <laughs> care about them because they're not going to be an X-Force. So we'll get to them soon, I promise. And then it even says, a heartfelt promise, but one doomed to be broken. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're not following up on that yet. <laughs> right. Or, or possibly ever. Um <laughs> and then the whole question, is Strife gone? The spoiler alert, no. He's not going to be gone. But that's the end of the issue. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine, I guess, just goes back to Madripoor alleyways. He skedaddles while everybody's talking. Um, yeah, I guess he's like, you know, drugs done. I'm good. Yeah. So I do want to go back to uh, the first page where, where we have lethal weapons. Um because there is the whole, you know, you have to retcon some of what you talk about Wolverine. But actually, this one's a pretty easy one. Because uh, she describes um, Wolverine's gifts um, and says, and which has enabled his body to accept the implants of adamantium steel that lace his bones and lethal claws. So it just says that his claws are adamantium. And this, this description doesn't mention the claws being added. So that's actually a pretty easy... Uh, get around. Um, she does mention uh, the housings in the wrist, but right, be those metal parts on the gloves. <laughs> well, it almost has to be because the actual housing of the claws that you usually refer to are in the forearm. Yeah. So, when by saying wrist, she almost has to make it the the glove part. Yeah, her description you can get around. Yep. I like that she says well nigh indestructible because it's so borderline rogues well nigh invulnerable. No, no it's, uh, it's, Sam. it's Sam's. I'm well nigh invulnerable when blasting. Right? Yeah. 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 The use of well nigh. Is, <laughs> that's a, that is a New Mutants and X Men phrase. Yep. It's a it's a Claremont a Claremontism. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so any other any other things we didn't talk about as we went through that jumped out at you art-wise or otherwise? Um, I, I really enjoyed the 
the scene where Sunfire is interrogating the the normie, um, the close-ups on his mask are pretty great. Um, well, it's kind of what you said you liked about um, Strife. That strife, the yelling from under the hood. Yeah, yeah where the, the mask covers almost all but the, the mouth and chin. And in that case, the, the teeth. Oh, and man. It, uh, Look at really all the like teeth. <laughs> There's a lot of teeth in that guy's mouth. Uh, so just 13 on the bottom that you can count um, and that and we don't see all the way around so so, so I thought something was kind of weird and maybe a little against trope um, so we leave the cliffhanger in 93 with Cable and Wolverine getting ready to fight and kind of this mystery setup that they know each other, but we don't know how. I really expected in issue 94, the part about them continuing to fight, yeah, definitely. I really thought that there'd be some kind of either monologue or or narration. Like, you expected kind of to get that explanation kind of right away in the second issue. Um you know, of, of when they met each other or how they knew each other, and you really don't, other than saying that they've been fighting for years, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and kind of gives credence to you wonder if the original intent was they were going to have some kind of shared, like, military or, or, or kind of spy group history, which mm-hmm. obviously will, will be changed. But it really makes you question what the original intent of their relationship was at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And I won't lie, there, there's, I mean, I guess, you know, this, this is a spoiler podcast and kind of extra spoilers for flashbacks, but even another extra spoiler. Um, yeah, I kind of like Cable being Nathan, but there's also a part of me that kind of wishes he was just this old soldier. And, yeah, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think of the stories that could have been told of, you know, especially if you tie him back to, like, like Weapon X stuff or, or, like, a history with Sabretooth as well. Like, there's there's a lot of different ways that could have gone. I think some of it could have been pretty cool. I'm not going to say it's better or worse than what we end up getting, but there's, there's some intriguing possibilities to what that history could have been. Mm-hmm. And some of these, I, I honestly don't know if they follow up on all of these little leads. Right. Like the him and Richter and the him and Sunfire's father and all those different things. I honestly don't remember if they ever follow up on all of these. Right. My thought the Richter one, I wonder if where they're going with that, because, I again, I don't remember if it ever does show up. Because he and Strife have the same face. I guess that's not a big spoiler. Right. I think. Um if those bad memories from Richter's childhood aren't actually Cable, if he's remembering Strife show. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'll have to keep my eye out for that one. That, Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I keep saying at some point I'm going to do like a, an entire in-order New Mutants and X-Force read-through, or at least well, through a certain point of X-Force. Have you ever done it like in order, like all the issues? Not all at once, because 
I did a, a mostly in order, but there was always the uh, where I had gaps and I'd fill in the gaps later, but I wouldn't go start back at the beginning. Well, right. Yeah. Okay. And so once I finally got all 100, um, I never went back to, to do it again. Ah. So yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a good read that way. I don't know. I mean, not, I mean, you read them, you read them. But yeah, there's, there's something to kind of to seeing the whole long narrative fold out. Um, yeah, I think satisfying. so too. And it's, it's, I'd like to go on the journey too of watching how much the art. So this would be more of a less just, you know, the story itself and more about the creative process to see how much the art inspires the writing because the art ah. is so much throughout, right? You go from uh, the early stuff with, uh, I just lost his name, Bob McLeod, to Sal Buscema, um, you know, which is a kind of, it's, it's one sort of specific style. It's very good storytelling style. Um, but then you, when you get the Sinkevich. Oh, man, that's just so good. Like, I don't know if you get the full impact of stuff like the Demon Bear Saga without the Sinkevich art. Right. Or if War is Warlock ever possibly an interesting character if you haven't seen Sinkevich draw him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Then no, he's just a guy that talks real annoying. Exactly. Yeah. And then when you get into the really like kitty, like Blevins type art, um, I. I feel like the art drives some of like the direction of the story because those they're right. This art and story were so more closely entwined in that era when when artists weren't working off of full scripts for the most part. Right. Um, and so much of the final scripting was done post art creation. Um, I believe that's true for most of the new units. I, I think Wheezy was an old school. I, I, I don't know for sure. Um. Anyway, I, I think it'd be interesting to read it in order and see how strongly that drastic art changes throughout it influence the style of the the script and the story and even the dialogue. Yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be really interesting. And I mean, I guess what you're trying to do is blame Blevins for Gossamer. <laughs> 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 I don't I don't mind the Blevins art at all. Some of it I really like and then sometimes I didn't like it at all. It really just depended. Yeah, it's it I mean it's similar to some of the John Bogdanov stuff that you saw in like um uh what was it the exterminators and the the yeah. yeah. Where it's in a way it more emphasizes that they're kids. But another way, they're not drawn very kid-like. They're just, it's almost sort of, it's not anime at all, but it feels sort of anime. It's a, uh, anyway, I, uh, it's probably not my favorite era. of, of Right. I mean, my favorite era is probably the Sinkevich era. That's, um, it's pretty rad. It's, 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 it's got that something special. It really does. And, 
I know you you read most of it via electronic, right? Yes, I would like to someday get the physical copies of the Sienkiewicz run, but and, they're they're a little hard to find right now. Yeah, absolutely. But it's I also because I mean my copies are old. I was buying most of my Sienkiewicz run from from the fifty cent box at a comic shop in Abilene. <laughs> so they were they were well worn by that point. A lot of them. And not all of them. I got some of them later. But so some of them, some of the greatness of the art is a victim of bad printing quality or um, sometimes the coloring would get slightly off of the art and things like that. Right. Um, I almost I almost want to reread that run electronically to kind of see it a little more pristine and crystal clear. Yeah. But you also lose some of his dynamic page layout stuff. I, I, I would feel doing it I, that way. I would say if you do it, uh, do it on an iPad so you get a little bit bigger screen view. Yeah. Um, and can get some of those, those splash pages with a little more oomph. Uh, doing it on the phone sometimes, it, uh, it's hard to really get. Because you have to rotate so much. Uh, yeah. You don't really get the whole page as easily. But um, anyway, before we get too far away from issue 94, what did you want to grade uh, 94? All right. So in this one, there there were a few little not so great panels, which is true for pretty much every comic book ever, ever drawn. I felt like the art in this one was really exciting. Um, it was more of what I loved about life, the energy and the drama and the and the, the spit flying and punches. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff, right? um, so this one, art was much better. Plot was still the same sort of blah. Uh, I actually liked the writing a little bit more in this one. Um, and again, there was still some, some good character and some good mystery sewn. Uh, so I, instead of that, like three to four, I'm torn into the... Uh, actually, I'm not torn. I'm just, I, I think this one's a five. Okay. Um, I'm going to stay at a four, but it's a much stronger four for me. Like, and we're 93. I kind of was on the fence between a three and four. This one for me was very squarely in the four camp. Um, so that's cool though. I'm glad you really liked it a lot because I definitely had a lot of fun with both of these. Yeah. And it's, it, it definitely repeaked my man. I want to, I want to reread this whole bit because the, <laughs> the part I've read the least in order is this part because most of the early stuff I would buy in bunches, right? I'd get, you know, 10 issues in a row, but the, uh, believe it or not, like the, the, from the issues eighties to 100 were a little bit harder to come across, even though they were printing like hundreds of thousands of these, um, I guess just because of the uh, the 90s collection phase, maybe. It just seemed like I wasn't running across the ones I needed to fill in here. It took me a little longer to find them. Huh, interesting. So they're much more of that I read an issue here and there out of order versus uh, reading, you know, 87 to 100, kind of the, the hallmark of the, the end of the era. Right. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, any other any other thoughts? No, I don't think so. This was a lot of fun. These are yeah. This is a this is 
don't know. I just I remember how exciting this was. Um, just a few issues later, when you get the first appearance of Deadpool, and then the realizing 100 was going to be the final issue, and the 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 new characters that get introduced, and the way it's going to launch in X Force. I just remember how excited I was for for all that stuff going on at the time. And so even though I can look at it now at 41 and not necessarily be able to say why I was so excited, <laughs> I remember that excitement. So like to me, these are always going to be kind of great just because right. I remember what the reaction was when they came out. And I, I think they hold up better than some of the other stuff from this era. That I that I don't think holds up as well. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because I know we did a little more on '93. We, I guess we kind of fell into the more more typical Liefeld criticism, but you know, I, I do think overall, though, I mean, his legacy is is undeniable. Um, and I I tend to, to be more positive on his energy than necessarily negative on all some of the details. Um, I, I, I've really enjoyed reading his 90s stuff again and just, no, I, yeah, yeah, nitpick some of it, but just that overall, just that kinetic, just and just remembering how, you know, him and, and McFarlane and Jim Lee and just those guys, they just, and kind of blew comics up in the '90s, and it's you know it's kind of fun to be this far removed from it now and still see. Okay, I get it. I get why this was so popular. Maybe maybe I don't love it for all the same reasons that I did back then, but I definitely like. I see kind of how the zeitgeist was achieved and maintained for as long as it was. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I, the other thing Liefeld did that, that someone like McFarlane kind of refused to do was Liefeld went all in and creating new characters. Right. McFarlane had pretty strong opinions about why would you give that away to Marvel, right? Save, save your good stuff for, you know, for, for the coup we're going to launch, right? Right. Liefeld just went all in, right? And he created so many characters that are still around or still interesting or still used. And I mean, since him, other than probably Bendis, I don't know of another creator who's created so many characters that became so imprinted on the Marvel universe. And I think with Bendis, we're, you know, we need another 20 years to see who's still around. Right. To, to really do that comparison. But from like the 60s and 70s up to the 90s, a lot of new characters were created, but they didn't stick. It was usually villain of the month kind of creations. Right. right? And then during Liefeld's pretty short time period here with New Mutants and X-Force, I mean, it's Deadpool, it's Cable, it's Shatterstar, it's, you know, one of those three is probably not like the others. (laughs) Right. But it was, it, there's, I guess the point being, he went all in on like, all right, I'm going to, I got ideas and I'm going to use them. And uh, I, I don't know, I think that's great. 
I think that energy and his enthusiasm, if you ever hear him interviewed, it, he talks just as energetically as he draws. Like, <laughs> right. Like he is, he's a super energetic guy. And I think that's great. Well, he's really cool to follow on Twitter and stuff too. He's such a, um, he is still such a fan of the medium. It's really endearing. Yeah. Uh, well, I love that. I think his passion comes through on the page. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I uh, I don't I don't think the Marvel Universe is worse for for Rob Liefeld having. Oh, uh, not at all, not at all. I think it's way better. Um, I I wish he had stayed because of the ones who left, I don't know. I I think he fit really well with Marvel and what he did and what he wanted to do. Right. Uh, I would say the same about Jim Lee, but Jim Lee was definitely more for the art. I think he fit amazingly. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love, I love this stuff. It's very cool. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on again. I know it's been a while, but it was a lot of fun. I was it was a blast. I'll I'll talk new mutants anytime. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, anything you want to to plug? Anything going on? Man, I got I got nothing. No. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm editing a novel, which you know, there's a five percent chance I'll get as far as actually doing anything with it. <laughs> so. If, if I ever do, and if I'm ever back on, I'll, I'll re-plug them. There you go. Sounds good. All right. Well, as always, for the podcast that goes Nick, you can uh, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. I will, we will probably have a lot of a lot of screenshots on these two issues <laughs> that will be in the Twitter feed. Um, and then show notes and stuff are uh, SnickCast.Podbean.com. So just... A big thank you to Andrew. Oh, I guess you can at least tell people where to find you on Twitter, right? If you want. Uh, yeah, you sure. don't have to. It's uh, not dead now with, with underscores. Not underscore dead underscore now. And sometimes uh, every now and then I'll draw something. Yeah. So check it out. Um, awesome. Well, until next time, everybody. Which, I don't know, um, we'll have our new regular issues and then the next flashback will be the iconic Uncanny X-Men 268 and working on some stuff for that. Hopefully it'll pan out. Um, but yeah, so until then, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. And snacked. <laughs>